Hello, all you ghastly ghouls and grubs. Welcome to episode one of the Morbid Minutes with me, screenwriter and creator of William Frost, Vance Savage, and writer, artist, and, well, not really so much of an idiot, Lenny <laughs> K. This week's terrifying topic, ghosts. Ooh. According to the World Wide Web... The definition of a ghost is as follows. An apparition of a dead person that is believed to appear or become manifest to the living typically as a nebulous image. I've got to look up what nebulous means. Vance, did you know that during Woodrow Wilson's presidency, the incoming first lady ordered the gardens to be dug up? Uh, Dolly Madison's prize rose garden. She wanted to get rid of it. Um, and it's said that Dolly's spirit turned up and put such a fear of ghosts into the workmen that they fled without turning a single spade. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, didn't even Reagan, Reagan wasn't, wasn't, he, he was all into that. Wasn't he was that? all into like, I guess how his cards read and horoscope, but he would only do like certain things. He would only make like speeches or make certain decisions when, you know, it was like astrally correct for him. I know that he liked jelly beans. They're spooky. <laughs> the black ones are. Uh, did you also know that Albert Einstein suggested uh, a scientific basis for the reality of ghosts? If energy cannot be created or destroyed but only change form, what happens to our body's energy when we die? Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think that ghosts are just a form of energy that's uh, dissipating? Yeah, like residual stuff or whatever. I mean, Echo, yeah, of abs life. absolutely. But, I mean, we're getting into the whole, you know, what is your soul? What is your spirit? You know, when do you become self-aware? You know, think about that. Right. I mean, I, I think about this kind of thing, like, all the time. I mean, how, how do we, become, you know, how do we become us? And do you believe in reincarnation? Right. Those kind of things. Right. Is deja vu just like a reverberation of um, something you've done before. How, how do we, become, you know, how do we become us? And do you believe in reincarnation? Right. Those right. Is deja vu just like a reverberation of um, something you've done before? So, you know? Somebody once told me, it was a, when I used to go to church, the pastor, one of the old pastors told me that what a ghost is, is a ghost is so weighed down. They were, they were either A, traumatized by their murder or death in some way right. you know and they can't find their way or they're so heavy with sin and so heavy with those things in life that they can't move on so hmm. they're trapped and right. you're you're you know it's it's kind of a uh, purgatory so as we're talking about ghosts i figured you know we'd bring up maybe some local hauntings yeah, that sure. Is, you know, so they, you know, uh, Ghost Hunters was just up to the college, right? Southern Vermont College, SVC. Yeah, yeah, and I guess they found that that was, you know, pretty haunted up there. I haven't seen the episode. I um, haven't, but I heard about it. But the most haunted place in this area is Forest Park Cemetery or Pinewood Cemetery. Okay. If you you can Google Forest Park Pinewood Cemetery in Detroit, New York, and I mean the forums, the pictures that come up, stories of, of people going in and being assaulted by spirits, by ghosts, uh, people people uh, seeing things. Uh, they they have a, a headless statue there that bleeds, mm. um, supposedly bleeds, and uh, uh, there's just like people have 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 gotten EVPs there. Uh, 
of horrible demonic sounding voices and everything uh sounds of babies crying in, in the distance uh i remember the trey record did a piece on it on halloween day it was like back in the late 70s and my mom read it to me scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me man and then i said i always remember it and then i said i am going to go there someday when i got on the internet which was like god i don't remember 1999 2000 around there i got on the internet and i started to like look things up and people had already put things in there about forest park but it was it was crumbling and everything there's pictures on google images of it and and things like that but i had actually gone there a number of times and i went there during the day at night in the day i went in the day but i went at night too and i went with some friends and you know I, I, I went to the Headless Angel statue. I didn't see any blood. I didn't see anything like that. But, you know, there was this really weird smell in the air. And then... Could it have been your friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was the smell of, like, old mold or something like that. It was really weird. There was a lot of weeds and grass. And we heard these sounds. And, like, right before our eyes, I don't know, it was probably by th- three-foot-wide span the grass is just getting mowed down. Like, it was like, we, we went past us, actually. And it's not like it got mowed cut. It was like, pushed all down. What about the, the cemetery itself? The cemetery is badass. It's no trespassing. And they have signs up, everyone, that says, no trespassing. And and you will get arrested. The cops, the, the, the neighbors do call, the neighbors do call the cops. However... There is a country club road on the right side of the cemetery. And I'm not saying that telling you to do this, but if I was to go back and revisit the cemetery land. But of course you're not encouraging anybody. But I'm not encouraging anybody. But But if you were going to. But if I was going to, I would have, you know, somebody drive down there and drop me off. And then I would kind of crawl in, you know, from, you know, go over the fence from that side and go in. You know, that kind of thing, and keep keep the light very, very little, you know, so the neighbors don't see it, and have your friend who's driving kind of take off. And so you're suggesting that people go to this very haunted place at night. I, I would, if it, I don't know if I'm suggesting that. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that if it was me, I would go there okay. at night in, in the shroud of darkness. And, <laughs> and take your chances with the spirits. And, and, and take my chances with the spirits, which is and the neighbors. completely worth it. But I'm saying for you, you buffs out there, man, you, you know, you people who like to ghost hunt and things. And, you know, this should, if I was a ghost hunter, it would be stop number one on my list. So we decided that every week uh, Vance would do a movie review uh, and I would do a book review. Yay. It's called Never Say Boo to a Ghost and Other Haunting Rhymes by John Foster and Corky Paul, which I didn't know I owned, which is pretty spooky, if you ask me. How did it get on my shelf? But I didn't read it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Every so often, a, a film is made that changes the game of cinema, and it changes the way you view it the way motion pictures are made, and it raises the bar for the rest of that realm. This movie I saw called Flowers is that kind of film. Director Phil Stevens takes us on a 79-minute horrifying ride through hell with this feature film. 
Flowers tells the surreal tale of female victims who have been murdered by the hands of a serial killer, only to awake to their perpetual fate of eternity in some limbo of purgatory or hell trapped within the house. Each victim crawls from the dark, decrepit crawl space under the house to different parts of the filthy, disgusting home, only to realize their souls are trapped and nothing lies ahead but the utter sadness and remorse of what led them to such fate and the constant replaying of how they lost their lives. Sure sounds like hell to me. Stevens is a visionary on many fronts, blending the macabre with hollow horror in this filthy, claustrophobic, dark nightmare. The film is without dialogue of any kind, leaving only a haunting soundtrack and the reaction of the victims to tell us the tale. Stevens weaves an amazing tale through his carefully built sets, dark lighting and camera angles, a true terror fest that brings the crawl space of a killer like Gacy right to our televisions to settle into the chasms of our soul. The actresses in this bloodbath and beyond should be praised for their stellar acting and given awards for having to crawl and slide their way through the mounds of rotten flesh, blood, and filth in almost every crevice of this slaughterhouse. Once the victims eat, one of the victims eats with a rancid, decomposed pig. Another remains trapped in the walls of the house, her only company the corpses in various stages of decomposition. This is a true tale of terror, what nightmares are made of. Welcome to the residence of everything you have feared since a small child. Flowers is the underbelly of hell, fantastic cinema for the not faint of heart. I purchased my copy from Amazon and invited a few friends over to view it. It was amusing to watch the wife turn away from the screen several times. A woman who has sat through such pieces as a Serbian film, Martyrs and Grotesques, took her eyes from the screen several times. My friends were captivated by the horrific tale and the actresses forever trapped in their peril. Stevens is a genius on every level. Just the packaging of the CD alone was well worth the money. And uh, Flowers comes with three discs. And these contain the main, main feature, commentary with the creator and director, Phil Stevens, interview with the actor-killer, Brian W. Lohr. Audition tapes, the making of flowers, isolated effects tracks, deleted scenes with optional commentary, storyboard gallery, behind-the-scenes additional short films, the CD soundtrack booklet, and unearthed trailer. So, if you're tired of the mainstream film world spoon-feeding the same old diet to mass audiences, you should give Flowers a chance. A terrifying nightmare that will chill you to the spine. My worst thought while watching this film was, dear God, somewhere on Earth this is really happening right now. As humans, we are all equal in the presence of death. Don't miss out on this gem. Awesome. I think Mother's Day is coming up, and uh, I think it would be perfect for my mom. <laughs> Here, Mom, here's some flowers for you. <laughs> what do you have uh, in the way of news? So, news, 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 man. We try to keep this kind of, you know, on topic. Sure. So, we're going to do something kind of ghostly, with kind of, you know, you know me and my sense of humor a little bit messed up. So, anyway, man, so I'm looking at the examiner.com, right? Okay. And it says, son steals father's corpse and stores it in the freezer. I mean, talk about loving your dad, man. Really? Yeah, you don't want to say goodbye. 
I mean, so it, the article is like a 48-year-old man was arrested by Detroit police. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. So when you first read this title, I'm thinking this this teenage kid yeah. who can't let go of his dad. We're talking, a, this is a man. We're, or a this grown is, man here, man. You know, okay, this is a little darker. Tight, than... tight relationship with your dad, man. You know, this is this is male bonding, you know, right here. <laughs> so a 48-year-old man was arrested by Detroit police for stealing his father's corpse from a local cemetery. The man was hoping that his father would be brought back to life. Wow. So homeboy Clarence Bright, 93, died last week. The 93? Dude, he was 93. He lived a good long life. And this guy wants him to come back to life. Why? So he can change his bedpan some more? Man, I, I, I have no clue. Maybe okay. they used to watch, like, you know, maybe it was the thing, like, they used to watch the Waltons together or Lawrence Welk together, man, on Sundays at 7 with TV dinners, and he misses that, man. Uh, maybe. Maybe. So the funeral, it, it was held on Saturday, and his body was reported missing on Monday. This guy wasted no time. Yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, if you're going to bring somebody back to life, obviously. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know. But maybe he should have consulted, like, you know, somebody from the Serpent and the Rainbow or something. <laughs> right. so, yeah. so police found the corpse in his son's freezer on Tuesday. Jeez. So uh, police were tipped off that a white van, it, it's always the white van, oh, man, you know. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the one sitting out in the parking lot. The candy van, man. Yeah. yeah. So the free candy van had been seen at the Gethsemane Cemetery and located... And located one part at a nearby gas station fitting the description. Upon investigation, an empty casket was discovered. The two men inside were arrested. Lieutenant Harold Rokan of the police Detroit. So police. he had help. Somebody helped him. So he had an accomplice. So he, he talked somebody into it or he blackmailed somebody or right. or he said, Man, I'm gonna give you, you know, twenty dollars or or, or here's my autograph, Tim Burton. What movie. kind of people would do this? I'm I'm guessing that it's gonna be guys like us. I think this is what we have in the future for. Man, I don't know. I mean, because you know, we're eventually we're. I mean, necrophilia. I mean, we're gonna do a show on necrophilia. We are. We are. I have. We don't a, have to do any research. Do I we? have a show planned for necrophilia, and and I'm even gonna try and maybe get a guest in for it. You know. Um, oh my god. So okay. We'll 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 Skype them in, so we'll be nice. Yeah, to I don't want that in my house. So <laughs> so anyway, man. But why would you want somebody's dead body? You know, it reminds me of the guy. And this was not too long ago. He stole a bunch of girls' bodies. Did you see this from the graves? And brought them in his house and dressed them all up. Oh. You can find it on the internet. And the guy it's like, like an dressed them. Kind of, uh... He dressed them all in clothes and took pictures of their corpses, all dressed up, and they were all like they looked like melted wax figures because that's kind of what corpses kind of look like. Yeah, you know? and that's what they all look like. And all these little girls around his house, creepy the hell out. I mean, think about this: the stench. Yeah, no, that's alone. From yeah, unbelievable. One, you know, and and folks, when they tell you, and when you've heard that that uh, a, there's no smell like a deco decomposing body, they 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 mean it. And you, you know, have personal experience. And I have personal experience because I worked at the hospital for a little while, and I I was around uh, dead bodies, but I was around the, in the, the morgue. Yeah, in the morgue, and. There was, I had to, you know, there was, I had to transport uh, uh, limbs or hands or things that were severed and tissue from operations. And I mean, the stench, dude, you know, it's it nothing, attaches itself to it, you, right? it does. And it's, it's like permeates you. And yeah. there's nothing like it. It is nasty. 
So I'm thinking, you know, just one alone, but this guy had several. But back to this story, uh, uh, the, the Lieutenant Harold Roken of the Detroit Police Department said that Bright's son purchased a freezer. So he, he went out and he done this. Actually bought the, the freezer to store his father's body. And the son is very religious. Okay. And was hoping his father would be resurrected. Uh, maybe on the third day. <clears throat> maybe. Uh, well, he was obviously missing the rock he had to roll away. So he needed a, the freezer and the rock. He missed the rock. There was that. And uh, one time I, I got so hammered, I woke up three days later in a cave. Bright's son told friends and family... That he wasn't going to sit around and do nothing. He was going to do something about his dad's death. He took the body from the cemetery, bought a deep freezer, and planned to pray over his 93-year-old father's body until he came back to life. The son and the accomplice were taken to the Wayne County Jail, and the body was later returned to the cemetery. End of story. But, I mean, can you imagine, you know, you're sitting in jail. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, man, what are you in for? You know, and it's just like, yeah, man, I took my dad's body. I dug that that, that dad up and... And put him in a freezer and uh, was going to resurrect him. So he was going to... How strong is your faith, man? I mean, you're going to pray... Yeah, you have to have some serious conviction to go through all of the motions. And he had to be extremely religious to pray over his father and think that his father was going to come back. Either that or he knew some... what is it in Pet Cemetery? The Micmac Indians. What I don't Micmac 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 Indians. And he was going to go to the local Pet Cemetery or something and, and bring him back with Gage. And by the way, Gage is actually in William Frost. Or yes, he's yeah. a grown boy now. But so yeah, that's a little weird. Is there? Any, I mean, would you be so highly attached to somebody you would dig them up? I mean, I love my wife and everything, but you know, after she's gone, dude, it's party know, time. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I. You're, uh, you are not getting me in trouble like that. But go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I love my wife. I there's many people in my life that I, that I adore. My my folks, um, a lot of my friends. But once they're gone, they're gone. I I, I um, no. I would never go dig up a body unless I thought there was uh, they were holding a bunch of money. Uh, and even still, I don't think I, I don't think I could do that. No. And if you needed instructions on how to break in the cemetery, who do you see? You would see Vance Savage. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so. Yeah, don't be going and digging up your your loved ones, people. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're preaching to people now? Don't be going and thinking about it now, you know. Moral of the story is that you will be arrested and mocked on a podcast. Like, yeah, this one. Okay. So, a uh, little segment we like to call the seven deadly questions. This is my favorite part. So, generally, uh, we would like to aim this at guests, but since this is the first episode and we don't, we didn't line up a guest purposely, we're going to toy with the format a little bit, and it's all going to be uh, within theme, which it always won't be. Okay. Not necessarily. But uh, since the theme of this episode is ghosts, the very first question I want to ask you, Vance, is what's your favorite ghost movie? Oh man, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with there. Are, there are probably movies better than this, but I'm gonna go with John Carpenter's The Fog. And the reason why I'm gonna go with it is because I was a young kid, and it was Halloween day. My parents weren't home, and I saw that movie come on TV, and it freaked me the hell out. I mean, it's not like the acting is amazing or anything, but the script is good, you know. 
And I like what Carpenter did with it and the music. He did the music. Yeah. And it stuck with me. And years later on, I wind up buying the DVD and watching the movie over a hundred times. You know, there's I love the, the opening of, of, of The Fog because you have John Houseman telling the ghost story to the kids around the fire about, you know, the, the ship that crashed and... How, it, how the men laid at the bottom of the sea in, in the voice. And he tells it so good. Yeah. He, Elizabeth Dane. And, you know, someday the men will rise. And it, it, it was, it's great. And it's a great story. For me, it's Ghost Town. I Ghost Town? It's, yeah, it's a Ricky Gervais movie. It's, it's, essentially, um, <clears throat> it's essentially a Christmas story. Question number two. Yes. If you were a ghost, who would you haunt? I would haunt you and scare you would scare, haunt me. Scare the life out what of you, the hell, man? No, I, I, I really, I, I don't know. Probably some people I don't like. There are some people in North Carolina that I really don't like. But uh, uh, yeah, it would definitely be them, and I would want to be a terrifying poltergeist. I would want to be a total asshole of a ghost and just rain hell. On these people, right. and and I would make them make them break. I would, it would be so bad that they would have to bring a, a exorcist into the house, you know, that kind of thing. Right, it would be worse. What about what about you? Oh, um, I probably haunt like a the girls' locker room of a college or something. Really, would this wind <laughs> up to be like a Porky's kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I swear to God, man! Every time I take a shower, there's a ghostly eye in that peephole over there. No, I don't know. Who would I, honestly, who would I haunt? Um, Lenny would haunt the local library. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be, that would be a great place to be. You know, maybe maybe if I, if I were to go before uh, my time, maybe I would mess with my brothers a little bit. Maybe I'd spend a little time at my brother's houses. Now, the one I don't know too well, but John. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't know how he'd handle it. Oh my God. He'd be annoyed. He'd be, just as in life. Uh, with me, you know, he'd be just as annoyed with me in death. So <laughs> he would somehow know it was me and would have no patience for it. Would you rather, question number three. Okay. Would you rather be haunted by, uh, by like a mean, you know, like a mean spirit, haunted or hated? I've already got people who hate me, so, you know, probably haunted, you know. Uh, uh, and it's, so you'd have both? So if yeah, you already yeah. hated, you'd pick the mean, that makes no sense. <laughs> I can deal with the haters, man. I don't even pay any. So stick with that. Those, if you can do either or, stick with that. <laughs> no, because if I if, if 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 I'm haunted, man, I can get more ideas for more films. Okay, and, and, fair and enough. What about you, man? Um, I think I would rather be hated. Really, I would rather. Be, well, I don't know because I, you know, I thrive off of um, my interaction with people. You know, you would never. For such an introvert, I'm, I'm this weird combination of extrovert introvert. And I really, really like when people like my artwork or, or I can make them laugh. I really, really do feed off of that. So if to have everyone just hate me, I don't know. But then I think about, I spend a lot of time at home. I do a lot of things independently, drawing and writing and so forth. So if, and that's where I, um, those are my best times. I enjoy that time uh, the most. So it'd be really difficult for me to choose because then then I'm, I'm expected to sit at home with something that's always messing with me and knocking stuff off the shelf and chucking Cheerios boxes at my head while I'm trying to, you know, draw a picture. I, I don't know. It'd be really, really hard. Or do I go out in public and, you know, 
because I spend so much time alone, I need that interaction with people or I'll go insane. Either way, I'd go insane, I guess. I, either way. So it doesn't work. I don't like it. Next question. Okay, number five. Yeah. When you were a kid, yeah. w- was there a local, you grew up in Hoosick Falls, New York? Yes. Uh, Johnsonville. Johnsonville. So okay. it's, it's near Hoosick. And, and it was out of the country. Okay. And was there a place that all the neighborhood kids or you thought was haunted? There's, we, we used to live, uh, it's like a swamp that, that was like way down back in the yard, but it's, it's the size of a lake. It's huge. They used to call it Newcomb's Pond. And I always used to worry because I'd be in the back room of the house and I'd worry that something would come from the pond. But there was up the road and you're talking, we're out in, in, in you know, rural New York here where cornfields were on each side of a dirt road. Sure. Houses were sparse up the road and I would ride my bike up to see my friend Bill and come back and there was this old decrepit house, man. This friggin' thing scared the hell out of me. You just ride as fast and as you could. I would ride as fast as I could because I could feel that there was something in there. And sometimes I, it felt like it stuck on my back. You know what I mean? Of course, I know that chills, feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, riding past there when it was like dusk, you know, you, you come home, you know, have two cents about you. You come home when it starts to get dark. And some nights, you know, I would ride, you know, get back a little bit late where it'd be dusk or dark. And I, I remember the panic, man. This is an old house where, you know, it was, like, dilapidated and it completely was, like... It was the picturesque haunted house. Yeah. Scared the living hell out of me to the point where I never even went in there. And... As an adventurous kid, you just... You didn't even... You didn't even bother. No, the juju was so bad, man. Yeah. You know, you could feel it. Right. What, what What about what about you? The McCullough Mansion. Yeah. Uh, look it up. It's just a big, old, uh, spooky mansion that sits in the heart of North Bennington. Uh, and, you know, you'd ride your bikes past there, and the kids would say that I saw a woman standing in the Widow's Peak or in the Bell Tower or whatever it was. And, you know, you'd get that feeling in your back. You'd ride as fast as you could past the place, and you'd get that like it was touching you. I, You know, I think that was in, in, all, in, in my experience, was uh, kiddie imagination. But what, what I think is amazing and, and probably what also attracts us to, um, to the macabre and the morbid is our setting. Because I don't know necessarily think people that grew up in the city with so many other people around them, um, there's not a lot of dead space. Sure. So as a child especially, there's so much dead space and roads that go on forever without a single house and cornfields that surround on either side. In New England, there's so much and history of old homes. exactly what I was going to say with New England. I mean, I grew up, you know, in the picturesque thing, you know, especially around in, in autumn, in the fall, you know, you had the sure. dirt roads, you had the crooked dead trees on the side of the road, yeah. something like out of a Tim Burton movie or whatever, you know, right. you've got the colors and everything. So, right. yeah, with New England, the history and, and oh my God. Right. Other than the mansion, I don't really recall a specific place that I was terrified of. Um, I think home was scary enough. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, of course. Uh, Okay, Uh, to question number six. What's the spookiest thing someone's ever told you? Um, Man, you know, it's, it's like the old generic stuff, you know, when I was a kid. Oh, man, you know. There was this this guy and this woman in the house, and the wind was blowing, and, and you know the tree, you know, were you know it was, it were bending. The trees were bending, and 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 there was a sound outside. And the guy decides to 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 
go outside and check to see what it is. And he says to his wife, don't come out. Don't come out. I'm going to go out and see. You know, stay in here. Minutes go by. Minutes, minutes, minutes. And, you know, she's all in the house all alone. And the husband doesn't come back. And all of a sudden, she starts to hear <laughs> the scratching on the roof. And she hears the scratching on the roof and she thinks it's a tree branch on the roof. And she hears it and all of a sudden, you know, the police come out outside and they've got their guns all drawn and the spotlight up there and, and the woman is just terrified and they're like, the cop is like, run from the house, run from the house. And she runs from the house and she turns around to see a giant, uh, monster and he's holding her husband who is now decapitated by his ankle and his uh, fingernails are, are on the roof you know it's not real yeah. but it scared the hell out of me as a kid you know it freaked right. me out right. but I, you know I mean there was like I said there was that there was seeing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre there was Amityville Horror when I was young and like all this stuff, it scars you. Yeah. But I mean, kind of in a good way. Yeah. What about what about you? Well, uh, uh, probably the creepiest thing I've ever been told was by my brother when he was living with my mother and my grandmother, who was um, slowly deteriorating with dementia. And one night, she started knocking on his door, and it, it you know in the middle of the night, it scared him. He got up and he answered his bedroom door. And Alice was standing there in her nighty, and she said, you know, glassy-eyed, there's a woman in the living room stuffing children. Last question. Yes. Number seven. What do you think the best part about being a ghost would be? The best part is being unseen, being able to do things, move things, uh, visit people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to go, go, go back and visit your loved ones. One of the things that I always thought would be funny but horrid in the same way as like you know you 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 die and you leave your wife and your wife brings home your you know you're haunting the house your replacement and she brings <laughs> home your replacement and, and she's bowing the guy you know and you're standing there and you're like no no so and wait a second in this horrible fantasy of yours you're stuck in the room watching i'm stuck go in through the, the wall man go somewhere else no but then you're just like no you're like, what are you doing with this guy? Yeah, you you're know? Right. Well, what, what, well, how soon are we talking? Did you just yeah. die? Yeah. You know, even if you just died, it's like, oh, my God, I was hardly cold. You know, <laughs> you only waited four weeks for that. If that's the case, I hate to tell you, Vance, that that relationship with this other, your replacement started a lot sooner than four weeks ago. <laughs> if he's already moved in. And you're no. stuck in the room watching. Then I would have to, like, rain down hellfire or something. I don't know. In all actuality, I would want her to move on and be happy. But still, you know, just right. to be in that position. I know how most guys are very jealous and everything. So yeah. most guys would be like, no. Right. What about you? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if there would be a, a, the best part about being a ghost from what, you know, from what I know, which is nothing about being a ghost. The the. If you were given all the secrets of the universe, who really shot JFK, all of those oh, wow, conspiracy yeah. things, yeah. that would be amazing. Then I wouldn't care if I was stuck in a room. You know, uh, well, I, you know, I wouldn't want to see my wife uh, with the new guy. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, thanks, everyone.
Yes, Thanks. thank you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And thank you to the spirits in the outer realm, too. That right. We draw all, all of our influence from the macabre, the dark, you know, write us. I mean, please you know, do. You know, keep in contact where we are looking for guests for, for future shows. Yes. And if you feel like you have something that, you know, stories or whatever that you'd like to contribute. And if you have a ghost story. Ghost story. That would be great. Uh, yeah. Where, where can people write us? You've got the Facebook page, the Morbid Minutes Facebook page. You have your, your own life page. I have a website, leonardkenyon.com. I have vansavage.com, yeah. and I have a like page and everything. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch with us. Share your stories, man, and, and something morbid or, or whatever. Feel free, or if you know somebody or whatever. So, But, you know, we thank you all for, for listening, and, and feel free to comment on the shows. We, we love hearing what you uh, have to say. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.